0: Mic check one two three one two three <clears throat> Uh <laughs> I feel like I should be saying welcome to the American show but then again that's Zella's line so yeah this might get clipped out anyway Right 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 <clears throat> so what's up people this is Wazzy Thick Mary thighs in the cut you know straight from the hip shooting <laughs> This is me just rambling on because I'm still trying to find a wave because this is this is what gonna be a clip, my first solo. I don't know. Not exactly sure of the of the way this is gonna go down, but hey, I got shit to say, so I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now. Right, right. And the first thing I'd like to talk about is my god Genghis Khan. Not to say that Genghis Khan is my god, I see how that line of phrasing may be skewed. But hey, hey, Genghis Khan was a god to most. <laughs> Genghis Khan was a god to most. I've been reading up on bro, and man, it was it was rough back in the day. Like yeah, it was really rough back in the day, bro. You hear about all these military conquests, all this war, all this, all this just bloodlust and blood shit like it's crazy how humans today think that they're now just gonna stop wanting to kill each other or feeling like murder is the way to go as if like thousands quite literal quite literal thousands of years of history say otherwise because Genghis Khan this was back in like the 1200s you know (laughs) so bro started the mongol empire he did this by uniting a bunch of warring tribes of the mongols and then used them as a larger army to conquer basically all of asia and some parts of europe you know he was in the cut like he he conquered all of china (laughs) like his his dynasty conquered all of china he started a military campaign that conquered daddy (laughs) like it was daddy bending over now my god that's that's wild like because china is huge china is a huge country and it's not like the surface area increased over time or shrunk down over time it was big even way back then and to conquer that and maintain it for years so much that you build an entire yuan dynasty from it people underestimate how much work that takes i mean china itself could not withhold itself could not, could not have complete autonomous control over itself back when it was China. Because China itself, the country, was made up of a bunch of, you know, different, of a bunch of different regions. Like Southern China, the Western Zai, the Eastern Zai. you know, all of these people were at war. So China was one huge country with different sects inside that, you know, were constantly fighting, right? And the Genghis Khan regime squashed all of that. After killing all <laughs> after killing a lot of people. Cause yeah, my my boy my boy Genghis. Ooh, my boy Genghis was was out here. Yeah. <clears throat> so as I'm reading as I'm reading on about Genghis, I get to the point where they're talking about his descent and apparently there's a there's a genealogical trace of like eight percent, I think it is like there's a Y chromosome shared by eight percent of the population of men in China. No, not necessarily China, but Asia more specifically. So about zero point five percent of the world population is descend- of the world population of men from that region is descended from Genghis Khan. And when you look at the history, I mean, it tracks because Genghis Khan, another thing Genghis Khan was super famous for was his brutality. Like he'd pull up and there'd be massacres everywhere, like mass murder. You know, apparently the population of China as a whole dropped from like, was it 50 million? I think. Yeah. From like 50 million to 8.5 in 40 years. Granted, this was the 1200s, so you know you had things like the Black Plague, you had floods, you didn't have modern medicine, so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of inclusive factors as to why the population may have dropped so drastically, and Khan is one of those is one of those factors, or rather Genghis Khan's regime, because he himself didn't conquer all of China; it was that was his grandson after him, but he started the regime that went all the way to do that. So. Reading up on this, and I'm as I'm reading here and finding out that eight percent of these niggas, you know, come from Genghis Khan. I'm like, huh? Genghis Khan is the Abraham of the East. (laughs) Genghis Khan is the Abraham of the East, because when you think about it, eight percent and zero point five percent, they don't seem like large numbers. But if you're eight percent of the total population of Asia or zero point five percent of the total world population. That's that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of people that come from the one pair of nut that was Genghis Khan. <laughs> that was Genghis Khan. So hey, shout out to Bro. Shout out to Bro, that was a, it was a very fun read. It was a very fun read. History history in itself is like there's a there's a lot of things you learn there which are interesting interesting they give you certain insights into the human mind that we that modern times have tried to you know shroud in progression or cordiality or niceness you know like there's a lot of human factors that we now either choose to ignore and not go into because they're off a different view than what the mass is thinking you know Oh, and this I guess this is a this is a good segue into the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is how history is written by the victors. Great though history may be, you know it's the it's the people who won who write what happens, you know, like a lot of this history was not written by the Chinese themselves, not the conquered Chinese anyway, not the conquered Asians. It was written by people who had ties to the Mongol Empire, you know, or rather or are the people who had ties to the empire that conquered the Mongols? because all of this history came in like the 14th century something like that because genghis khan's regime went forward to like i've been saying went forth to conquer all of china and establish the yuan dynasty so at some point the entirety of china was the yuan dynasty which was a mongol empire and granted the mongols are part of the a part of like what 56 are one of 56 ethnic groups that are found in China, and apparently there's more Mongols in China than in Mongolia itself. So, I'm pretty sure I had a really good reason for bringing that up. You're smart, you'll figure it out. I'm sure. (laughs) Or you're not, and you won't, in which case we're in the same boat. So, either way, it's it's a win-win. It's a (laughs) win-win. So, yeah, if history is written by the victors, it, it it makes it, very, makes it very difficult to believe certain things or rather it leaves this chasm of questions that for which you will have zero answers, right? Because if I whooped your ass, I don't need to tell the truth about how the fight went down, you know? Because the result is the same. Like in the end, your ass got whooped, you know? So how I went about doing it doesn't really matter. To me, anyway, because I'll be the one who's telling the story. Nobody asked the ass whooped what happened. You know, nobody really takes that seriously. They pull up, they catch you all damaged and whatnot, and they're going to be like, hey, what happened? What happened? But then again, even, even then, even then, even if it was the downtrodden that wrote history, history would still be unreliable. Because I don't think any piece of history, like zero piece of history that we have access to was written by objective people. It was written by people who have ties to either the current political regime or who are trying to overthrow that current political regime. So to you, to go back to my ass whooping reference, like if I, the ass whooper, tell the story, I'm obviously I'm obviously going to make myself look better, you know, better than I actually was in the fight. But the ass whoopee is going to try to make themselves look better too and try to make me look worse in comparison, right? So no one is gonna be honest when they're scripting down these pages and yet somehow like thousands, millions of people, billions in fact, take it and they take it as if it's divine and absolute law. Like history can't be wrong. Like History can't be wrong because it can't be changed. When in actual fact, both things are wrong. (laughs) Both things are incorrect rather because history can't be wrong and history can't be changed, you know? it is wrong because it was changed in the first place like since we were never there we'll never really know what happened the people who are writing this information down for it to be get, for it to be received by later generations were doing that from a selfish standpoint no one was trying to save the world by you know writing all this history no one was trying to change the world by writing all this history you know so we just have ideas that are acceptable to the time you know, about what really happened, but nobody really knows what happened. You know, because, I mean, look at it now. 75 million people voted for Trump, a bunch of which decided to pull up on Capitol Hill. (laughs) Wild times. Wild times. (laughs) Right? And since the Democrats are, quote, unquote, the winning or rather ruling party party, 10 years later or 100 years later, they'll get to choose how they portray what happened at Capitol Hill. I mean, there's already people calling that shit a terrorist attack, terrorist attack, other people are calling it a protest, other people are calling it an assault on democracy. This, that, and the other thing. You know, the point is that while even us as the people who saw what happened, we're not the ones writing the history. Whoever's writing the history are the higher up people who saw what happened, but they're not necessarily going to write that down, you know, because it does no longer, no longer really matters to you or me, the history itself anyway. Make like sure that there's, there's immediate impacts of what happened in Capitol Hill for the entirety of the world because you know that's how it usually happens with these superpower countries. Whatever happens with them kind of affects you know everyone else, except the places you know where it's really shitty. I don't I don't think Yemen give a fuck about the protest <laughs> about the protest slash terrorist attack on Capitol Hill because you know you're gonna say that was a terrorist attack. And the people in Yemen and Syria are still ducking actual bombs. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't think the really, really downtrodden people really give a fuck about what else is going on besides their immediate vicinity. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is that can we really trust history? You know, when you think about it, sure, we have to now because there isn't really another system that we can go about it. So what? You're just going to question history and then you're going to write your own, even though you were never there. Granted, it's exactly what the people did. The only difference between you and them is that they were actually there. But in the end of the day, they wrote whatever it is that they wanted to. So, yeah. Yeah, we got to be really careful about the type of content we choose to consume, or rather the way that we consume it, you know. I read about Genghis Khan. I'm pretty sure a bunch of what was said about him was facts, you know. I can take that, but... You need to look at all these things objectively, you know. I'm not going to treat the history that I just looked up as, like, divine law. That's that's not what really happened. No one knows what really happened because the people who saw are all dead, you know. And the people who were charged with making sure that the ones who didn't see would know probably lied. Because if they didn't, they would have died too. So... 2020 has been a wild year. 2020 was a wild year. It's going to go down in the history books. So I guess to prove my point, you're going to have to wait like a couple decades to see or however history is going to portray that, you know, because it's the people who hold the pen that tell the story. You know, they tell their story, not the actual story that happened. So right now, the Democrats are holding the pen. You know, how how y'all think this story is going to be written? You know, because things are getting really, really tense right now. Things are getting really, really tense. But then again, I mean, it it should hardly matter. Or rather, it hardly matters. Yeah, yeah. Man, talking to yourself is really weird. Or rather sustaining actual trackable conversation for a while by yourself is what's strange. Because I keep hearing my voice come out of my mouth. I'm saying all these things that make sense, some which don't. And I'm asking and answering my own questions. Sometimes I'm not asking any questions. I'm just going off. It's, it's a weird experience. It's a weird experience. But maybe, huh. I don't know. Was it ever really meant to be like this? You know? Like was was the was the true form of communication meant to be NMS, you know? Like is it right that I'm better able to communicate with other people than I am to communicate with myself? Cause huh, I think it's different for most people, but cohesive thought expression becomes easier when you have people around you, I guess. Because, you know, I don't know, maybe it's pressure as you want to fuck up less or you put more thought into it because there's people watching. But for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know. I think people should be able to communicate with themselves best and therefore communicate with themselves the most, you know. But then again, because of countless stereotypes, such as, you know, talking to yourself, being a sign of insanity, people don't really delve into that, which is why I guess a lot of people take their image of self from what other people say about them or from the things that they get from conversations that they have with other people, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of people have conviction in who themselves are or rather that conviction doesn't really come from themselves, you know, to make an example, and it's gonna sound biased because since this podcast started, I've been taking shots at women. But right, uh, look at it like this: a woman will wake up in the morning, look at herself in the mirror. She may think that she's beautiful, but that won't really matter until she hears it from someone else. That won't particular that won't particularly be true unless a group of people keep saying it repeatedly. Which means that the value of that statement, which is a big part of who that person is. Because, you know, aesthetics are a big part of who women are. The way that they look, the way that they present themselves, it's a, it's a big part of who they are. And that's why makeup is a multi-billion dollar business, you know. But then again, like, who... For women. For women. Like, who decides how you look, you know? Like, who decides that you're beautiful, you know? Like, is it... And what is beauty exactly, you know, because if we're looking at it from the standpoint of, from a universal standpoint, you know, beauty should mean one thing across all boards, right? But then again, someone will have the argument that, you know, beauty is specific, you know, so one thing can be beautiful, but not in the same way that something else is beautiful, you know, like a painting can be beautiful, but not in the same way that a song can be beautiful, right? so huh? i guess there's a bunch of factors that fall in into this but then again the point that i'm trying to make is it only matters when it's coming from other people and that's what gives you conviction it's the it's the number of people saying it it's the amount it's the amount of times that you hear it regardless of how many times you tell it to yourself it doesn't really matter when it's coming from yourself, even though that's where it should matter most, right? Huh. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about ish I have no business talking about because I don't really know, but hey, it's the American show. Because <laughs> I see a lot of girls on Twitter being like, I, w- I don't want a good body for people. I want a good body so I can sit down and look at it. And I'm like, all right, all right, you can you can say that, but you're saying it to the people who will be looking at your body. I don't know if this makes sense, but you're, you're broadcasting your personal desire to look and stare at your own body and feel comfortable with it to people who do nothing but try to shoot you down and or gaslight you you know because you're gonna be like i want a body for myself so i can look at it telling it to people who want your body for them you know because they're the ones looking at you right so if you really want a body for yourself which you're gonna look at the the logical course of action would be to work out and then proceed to staring at yourself would it not rather than you know talking about it, never doing it, or talking about it, doing it, and then posting pictures regardless. Strange. 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 Huh. But, but, I mean, let I me mean, sideway off the, let I me mean sideway off this boring shit for a while. Well, it's very interesting to me, and I'm not sure how the people find it here for the dudes at this time, for the dick talk. TikTok. i tried i tried to bring up this TikTok on the last conversations that i shot me down it was it was very very hilarious but yeah what if what if head had a brain of its own you know like your small head you know a lot of people be saying this on some you know men think with men think with their dicks it's more men think for their dicks you know it's not really thinking with your penis it's the thought to satisfy your penis because as it stands penis don't, dicks don't have any thoughts they just get hard then get soft it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's really there's really not much to it but what if it was different what if What if rather than just being a bodily reaction like blinking or breathing or, you know, any other bodily reaction that's a response to stimulus, what if dicks had actual thought patterns, which is to say they could sense, you know, they could sense the type of pussy that they want, you know, I guess the same way girls pick up on pheromones like a dick would pick up on the same type of energy, you know, to know what type of pussy to be looking for that way. That way niggas would only go for the women that they can fuck. And I say can fuck because if a dick had a brain to decide whether it's getting hard or not, I don't see a dick getting hard for a, a chick you wouldn't be proud to fuck. So for example, let's use Ugly Becky, right? Say you're just trying to get your nut out because, you know, you've been hella horny for a minute, but you're too lazy to put in the actual work it takes to fuck, you know, an average or a good looking girl. So, you know, you go to your not so average, not so good looking Becky, you know, because in most cases it's less work. Becky's usually looking for what you're looking for too at that particular time, right? You pull up to Becky, it's all hands, it's all hands. You pull your dick out, dick sees that vagina and it's like, nah, boy. (laughs) You sloppy drunk at that point because, you know, that's the only way you could have convinced yourself to go through it or whatever situation you're in. You pull your dick out and then it's like, nah, boy. Yeah, nah nah, this this, is not my type of meat, I ain't eating that, (laughs) like, like I'm not going in there, (laughs) you try to beat it, you try to, uh, all these things, and then the brain in your dick decides that this is not the type of pussy that we fuck, and, of course, it wouldn't be exclusive to girls who don't look good, per se, you know, so it's a fine-ass looking piece, like, joint of a team you know you're very proud to be in the room with that all of the lights are on you are perfectly sober you might even suggest a sex tape because you know like you feel that good about the person that you're about to do intercourse with and then you pull up there your dick is like meh meh not for me son like like that's 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 not what we're doing here it's not what we're doing here huh that would be that would be crazy that would be crazy because i if it was the actual penis controlling controlling all of these things, like who you fuck, when you fuck, like if it was actually your dick, like life would be, life would be hella different, I think. Life would be hella different because the way niggas react sex- sexually, you know, is based off, like their dick is usually the last thing they think about when they think about in a course, you know. Or rather it's the last It's the last factor that Usually matters When when girl, when Guys think about fucking girls They think about The girl, they think about the approach They think about all these things They watch porn, they check out the strokes Like it's, it's all of that Except the dick, you know The dick will come in at points of insecurity Of like is my shit big enough Or is it too small or is it too big Like the, the dick itself has very little control over the situation. Like I said, it just gets hard and then gets soft. <laughs> but if it decided, it itself, it decided when to get hard and when to go soft, uh, huh. that would be an interesting world to live in. That would be an interesting world to live in. Huh. Huh. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Back to the shots I keep taking at women. Maybe since I'm talking out loud, my perception will change and I may see holes in my own theories. But for now, I'll just keep shooting. I struggle with this whole concept of the spoiling of women. You know, it's not necessarily that I'm against it. Like if if I have to go up, you know, I'll shower my girl with gifts too. You know, like I'll get her what she needs, if I'm able to and if I feel like it. I I guess I guess what I'm most against is the um, is the entire contradicting nature of the things, you know, because girls will demand to be spoiled, but then only feel best spoiled when it's coming from the dude, you know, which is to say it feels better. When bro just goes out of his way to spoil you without you having to nag for it, and yet you constantly nag for it, right? So I guess that creates a situation where there isn't any real satisfaction because, you know, you get what you want, but then in the back of your head, you're like, this only happened because I had to beg, I had to do this, that, the other thing, you know, or... Maybe I'm the one who's got it all wrong, and y'all are just happy getting whatever it is that you want doesn't really matter how right, but if I'm thinking about it, the entire idea of spoiling a girl the way that it's been, the way that it's been portrayed on Twitter and with the conversations I usually have with girls it's it's basically stemming from what I would call a need for girls to be paid because they simply because they look pretty. You know, they wake they wake up in the morning and like, damn, I look good. I need some dollars for this. You know, so we're gonna now use semantics to you know like cover it up, try to make it more palatable. You know, because when you say I want to be paid for looking pretty, it doesn't really go well. You know, not a lot of people are gonna pay you. But if you go around saying "spoil me" because it's an expression of love, it's because. It's a love language because you're showing appreciation or for any of these other reasons, it starts to make more sense, you know, and more and more people start to line up towards it. A lot of girls be saying dudes complaining about spoiling women are basically complaining about a system, basically complaining about the result of a system which they put in place, which is patriarchy, right? And that makes sense. If we're living in a patriarchal society, and like a completely patriarchal society, which means that women can't do shit without the man, all women have to do, you know, cook, clean, take care of the kids. If that's all you're doing, then you do need to get paid for being pretty because nothing else is paying, right? I mean, you're sitting in the house all day, you're not really doing nothing, you're not really going nowhere, your ideas are just dying in your head because no one is willing to listen to them, you can't make any forward progression for yourself because the, the environment around you does not allow, so no matter how capable you are, it doesn't really matter because your circumstances are stifling, and if that's the situation, then it means the only way you can't get your paper is if you are pretty, you know? Which resulted in this entire need for, you know, women spoiling, for men spoiling women to begin with, right? Because if if that's the standard, if I have to be paid for being pretty, then I'm taking the highest bidder, right? Which in turn causes an acceleration effect on the side of dudes. Which is to say dudes will be trying to do more because they know that there's other niggas competing now, you know? So if we're all bidding for the same thing, then I'm not gonna place i I'm not gonna place a small bid if that's what I really want. You know, it's competitive bidding, and then women getting all these getting all this attention and they love it. I mean, who wouldn't? You're just out here being showered with attention and gifts from dudes that you don't even know. Well, I guess back at the time you did know, because I don't think your dad just letting you out go willy nearly taking gifts from anybody, <laughs> right? So I get that in that situation, I get it. I get why you would feel a constant need for it. like I understand it. But things aren't necessarily like that anymore. you know. Women now can get almost anything that they want, like basically anything that they want. They can get for themselves. It just seems that the it just seems that their preferred method of acquiring these things is through a man. Right. And I can see how patriarchy caused that, you know, I, I see it. I'm not going to lie. I see it. But then again, if we're if we're against the entirety of patriarchy, like it's, I guess it's keep the same energy type things. You know, like let's, let's, we if we're axing a system, you know, we lose the good and we lose the bad. If we're accepting the system, we take the good and we take the bad. Right. Or at least that's how it should be because if we in the second we try to tiptoe around things you know it creates a lot of gray areas and too many grays it gets it gets confusing things get conflicting and then in the end nothing makes sense because everything is supposed to right so in short can't get paid for looking pretty or rather i won't pay anyone for looking pretty right i mean it's 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 things like these that i feel are detrimental to women because if you if you're constantly expecting handouts you're not really doing anything to propel yourself forward you're not really doing anything to get it for yourself right which i guess is why uh huh. now holding that theory But, yeah, if you keep looking outward for validation, for accreditation, for all of these things, you're not really getting it from within, you know, which is to say, if you're being paid for being pretty, all that you know is that you're pretty and you need to be paid for it. You know, and if that's the case, people are going to pay you whatever it is they think that you're worth. Right. And you will hold out. You know holding out waiting for a higher bidder for a higher bidder and then you'll turn to bones right it's not all of y'all are princesses like not all of y'all are queens we can say this because it sounds good you know black queens black whatever whatever like we say this because it sounds good like i said but that's that's not the case like all princesses had to do to be princesses is born is to get born into a royal family And I guess that translates into the whole being paid for being pretty because, you know, I'm just here now, just like princesses were just there now. And then they had to take that title. But if your family isn't rich, if your grandma isn't Elizabeth, you know, you, you need to work on yourself. You need to bring shit to the table. And I'm not talking about bring shit to the table in the sense of relationship wise. I mean, you need to have accomplishments which you yourself as a woman can be proud of, you know? A, hey, I had a great idea, I turned it into money, and then I bought myself all these things that these niggas can't buy, you know? Like, why Why is the goal to be afforded by niggas, you know, to raise your own price in a way so that just someone else could buy it, you know? Like, I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. But then again, I have have a penis. So I guess that's how it's supposed to be. You know, nonsensical. Anyway, moving right along. Another thing I wanted to speak on. Semantics. Oh my god. Oh my god, semantics. We need to stop this. We need to stop this. I mean, I saw this other tweet. It was some dude. Saying, <clears throat> I'm not acting brand new, I'm just on a different mindset and it requires new requirements. And like I said, semantics, it's it's just putting glitter on a skeleton. I mean, if you're on a new level <clears throat> that requires new requirements, that's a brand new level from the one that you were before, which means you are acting brand new, Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with evolving. There's nothing wrong with changing yourself so that you know you can be better for yourself. But don't try to coddle it. Don't try to paint it in all these pretty words so that it's more acceptable to yourself or to other people. Because words are stupid. Words are stupid, and I guess that's what makes them so powerful. People don't really, <clears throat> people don't really take a lot of things seriously, and when that leaks out into other things, that's when it becomes dangerous. Because if a paid person is going to be called a slave, then what's an unpaid person called, right? Sure, it's it's similar. You can liken you can liken terribly low wages to slavery, but it's not slavery. Because slavery in and of itself is forced unpaid labor, right? And in this case, like no one quote unquote forced you to go to McD's and work there in the fryer for years and then, you know, get paid all those peanuts. Right? Sure circumstances may be shitty, you know, but if we're gonna use that excuse, then I mean circumstances might have been shitty in Africa and niggas was like, Hey, you white people got a boat, you know, let me let me go try something, you know we could say the circumstances in africa forced the africans to you know get on the ships some of them those who weren't actually sold like slaves i guess i guess we could we could use that to say you know it forced people into slavery doesn't still doesn't make slavery right quote unquote huh point is point is let's call things what they are And let's stop trying to make a lot of things sound like other things because they have one aorta of similarity. Like, they're not the same, you know? They're not the same. Like, we need to be specific about certain things to avoid all these gray areas. Because when we're in gray areas, then it doesn't make sense, you know? Then it doesn't make sense. I'll go back to I'll go back to my beauty reference of is beauty universal or is beauty specific? Because I mean, if Kylie Jenner is beautiful, then the overweight girl from high school can't be beautiful too, right? If we're weighing them on the same standard, if beauty is universal, that that can't happen. You know, that can't happen. And what's the gray area that's formed if both these things are true? It means that body type isn't uh isn't a discerning factor for beauty and then now the entire thing that doesn't make sense like if what I see does not determine what beauty is then what does you know or if everything I see is beautiful then that means it also doesn't make sense it still doesn't make sense It's unless we're saying Kylie Jenner is pretty because of factors A, B, C, and D, because she is in a category A or category B or whatever. And then we say the not so great looking chick from high school is also beautiful for A, B, C, or for A, or for D. You know, like if we put, if we categorize things specifically, I guess it's better that way because there's no gray area to slip in. While the nuances should be explored, like, too many nuances create confusion, and then there's no forward movement from that. Right? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. God damn. Huh. Time really does just slip out when you're not noticing. It's going on for 38 minutes? Jesus Christ. That'd be tapped out at 15 but yeah, um anyway to to wrap it up uh my god people been getting pregnant jesus christ i, is, I thought it was locked down like in your homes not locked down in them that is like pull out god damn it jesus christ why why <laughs> we're only 20 we're we we're, we're in our early twenties. There's absolutely no reason for you to be burdening yourself with a child and to burden that child with a non-prepared parent, with an unprepared parent. It is there's no reason for this. And a pussy so good I just couldn't pull out or the rubber burst or any of these fucking reasons are not reason enough to justify the making of an entire the making and keeping of a life because that's what kids are. They're an entire human being which is going to deserve a life once it's created and born, right? So, yeah. Yeah. To start things off, I don't think there's any reason to have a kid when you aren't prepared you could be 15 you could be 20 you could be 40 if you're if you're not in a position to be able to raise kids you shouldn't you don't have any business having kids because we have too many traumatized people that turn into Michael Myers or the fat dude in the basement tweeting tweeting out like a whole bunch of nonsense because you know they're they're fat and depressed because their parents used to beat them or they neglected them or they were only 20 and any of these reasons. like but If we continue to perpetuate the cycles which progression has tried to alleviate for us, we're constantly evolving backwards. Because if we keep doing the same thing that our parents are doing, that's constant backward evolution. We're not making any progress whatsoever. We're not going anywhere. And we're just going to keep on creating terrible people who will perpetuate the same terrible problems that we are fighting with today and then we'll bitch and moan about why the world isn't getting better we're not making better people you know it's like hey, raise your raise your children to know that you shouldn't beat women like the wife beater isn't gonna do that you know the wife beater isn't going to raise a son to tell him that hey you shouldn't be beating up women you know and if you raised by a wife beater then Get to a point where you make another child before you deal with your own shit, you're not going to teach a child to not beat his wife either, right? A lot of people are saying, let's be different parents, let's not put our parents, let's not put our children through the same shit that our parents put us through, but some things are nice to say, you know, and it's easy to say these things because I guess people don't think about the fact that if... If you admit, if you fully admit trauma, if you fully admit that you are fucked up in ways that are completely crazy because of things that your parents did to you, you'd also have to admit that you don't love your parents as much as you think you do. Because in the same way you can't love, you can't perpetually love someone who constantly hurts you, the same laws apply. You know, just because you just because they are parents doesn't mean you're going to love them through everything, which is the idea that we try to perpetuate. If we're saying that, yeah, my parents hurt me, but you know, I still love them. Like that—that's the idea that we're moving forward. That we're perpetuating is that you know you can indefinitely love anyone through anything, which isn't the case. Our parents did things to mess us up. This is true, and we didn't like them for that. Like we hated them for it at some point. Do we love our parents? Maybe. You know, do we hate them? Probably not. But to admit the hurt that we have gone through is to also admit that scary fact that maybe I don't love the person who gave me life. And I can see how that would make a lot of people feel guilty, you know. Because that's, uh, that's the one thing that allows kids to put up with the bullshit in the first place. You know, it's like this person gave me life. They fed me. They did all of these things for me. You know, so if I don't love them, I'm being ungrateful. If I become my own person, deviating from what they want, it's also ungrateful. And I can see the guilt that comes from that, you know. And I guess that's a, that's a situation that people just aren't trying to deal with which will result in them raising their kids in the exact same way or a slightly different way from the way that they were raised. You know, because if you're not going to say your parent, if you're not going to say your parents was a bad parent and you don't love them as much as you used to before because of it, what's going to stop you from what's going to stop you from doing the exact same parental things that they did to you growing up, you know? If I love my mom, even though she beat me like a dog, what's going to stop me from beating my own child like a dog, you know? Because my mom beat me like a dog, quote unquote, out of love. So that's what love is for me. Hence, I'm perpetuating the same idea for love because I can't accept that that wasn't love. And because of it, I can't reciprocate the same feelings to my parents. I can't look at them as the same type of people. I can't treat them in the same way that I used to. You know so yeah yeah that's uh that's gonna be a wrap it's gonna be a wrap all in all like raise your kids as well as you can because i mean there's no manual for it there's no step-by-step as to how to avoid traumatizing your kids but i guess just do the best you can And don't don't do it like virtue signaling and then claim that it's the best that you could do, like actually go all the way, you know, because these are your kids. Like, this is your one legacy. Don't be like these people out here wearing masks below their noses and then looking at the people who aren't wearing masks at all some type of way. Both of y'all are doing jack shit. You know, you wearing the mask is not your best effort because your best effort would be properly wearing the entire mask. And you not wearing the mask, same thing. Same thing. So raise your kids as best as you can. Not as best as you think you can. Not as best as you feel like you've done. Like, as best as you quite possibly can. Leave no room for anything besides that. You know, like, pull out quite literally all the stops. Because it's 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 a tired system now it's a tired system new generations need to be focused on what the new generation is doing and bringing about without having to worry about the burden of their own really scary really messed up pasts, which originate from the household right scary and messed up past because of the world sure no like there's nothing you can do about that. The world has been spitting out and chewing up everybody since the beginning of time. Can't change that. What you can change is the perspective of the child that is the perspective of the life that you make by treating it as best as you possibly can within the confines of your own home, you know, creating a proper and strong human being from there, right? So, yeah, raise your kids. <laughs> Shout out to Tim Dylan. Crazy kids. Anyway, it's been the American Show. This is your boy Wazzy. Uh, Thank you for listening. Peace.